Hey, listener, you press play, and I'm so glad you did. On this episode of the Jock and Nerd Podcast, Fox drops the first full trailer for the Deadpool sequel. Anthony Mackie wants a Falcon and Winter Soldier team-up movie. Geek Boner. Chris Evans says goodbye to the MCU. Spike Lee wants to bring an obscure Spider-Man character to the big screen. And Black Panther is on its way to become the highest-grossing MCU flick, while Justice League ends its run as the lowest-grossing DC movie. Plus, our review of the pilot episode of Krypton on Sci-Fi, all about Superman's granddaddy, all in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Friday, March 23rd, 2018. Check. Check one. All right. This is really fans out there. Let's give it up. Jock and Nerd. Be funny. Disturb it. That's right. Hello. What's up? And welcome to another geek-tastic edition of the Jock and Nerd Podcast, giving you your weekly fix of comic book and superhero TV and movie news reviews and whatever we choose, along with a little bit of silliness and some nonsense. My name is Imran. And my name's Rugboy. He's the rug boy. And he's the nerd. And yet again. Bro, do you even podcast? Uh, I guess he Anthony, doesn't. <laughs> the jock does not podcast. Not on this show. He is out again. He is out in Phoenix. He told us last episode. We were warned. What do you think he's doing out there, Rugs? I don't know. I feel like that this is a uh, going to be an interesting story when he gets back because he's in a kind of a different s- situation this time, I think. Is so. he? See, I think, well, I think his whole trip can be summed up in one sound clip. So is he uh, finding Kulo? (laughs) I don't know. Is it, uh, is he tending Kulo? I don't know how it works. Hopefully we'll get a nice post-show story. Maybe he's just like a a Kulo goalie. (laughs) Like Kulo comes at him and he just swats it away because. He's Kulo wingman. He's Kulo wingman. Yeah, he's, yeah, he can be Kulo wingman. Blocker side save. Oh shit. From the Kulo goalie. He's Kulo Kulo goose. Oh man, that's a great that's a great visual image. Somebody draw that. Kulo goalie, goalie. Uh, look, if you are a new listener, thanks for checking us out. Make sure you visit the website, the show notes for this episode, jockandnerd.com slash two one three, where I have links to everything, like everything we talk about. Links to all the ways you can subscribe to the show, so you never miss a show. And uh, rugs officially today. We are recording on Friday, March twenty third. Guess what? Officially today, nerd. it is our three-year birthday. Really? We have completed three years of Holy podcasting. Holy shitballs. I believe the first show posted uh, March 23rd, 2015. Oh, shit. Wow. I can't believe we did a thing every week for three years. So this was going to be our celebration show, but I can't do it without the Anthonys. We'll wait till he comes back. It's only fair. Yeah, we'll push it back to next week. So you guys, if you want to sing us happy birthday, visit our website. Click that leave a message button. And uh, sing us happy birthday. We'll play it on the show. Uh, but what you're going to get in this show is a whole bunch of geek news. We got trailers. We got lots of fun stuff to discuss rugs. And then we are going to review the pilot episode of Krypton on Sci-Fi. Geek Boner. The show about Superman's granddaddy. Yes. Interesting. 
And uh, I can't wait. I don't know what you thought about it, Rex. I can't wait to find out what you thought about it because it is a very interesting show. Before we get to the news, a couple of announcements right up here at the top. The fine folks over at Stitcher, which is one of the awesome podcast directories, you can find this very show. They have helped us give you a free month of Stitcher Premium. Jockey Nerd! Just for you, just for listeners of the Jockey Nerd Podcast. Just go to stitcher.com slash premium. Use the promo code NERD. And you will get one free month of Stitcher Premium. You can check out Marvel's first audio drama podcast called Wolverine The Long Night. Uh, that's only on Stitcher Premium. It's three episodes in rugs. I've been fo- following it. I've been listening to the after show. It's it's really fucking good. I'm really digging it, dude. It's uh it's got me hooked. I should listen to this. Dude, it's 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 very good. In the in the third episode, uh the plot gets uh moves Is on. Is there any learn guest more. stars? N- uh I don't know. Any like cameos? Name drops, maybe, of things in the Marvel Universe, but they make another comment about how short Wolverine is, which I love. Uh, They keep uh, mentioning how short this Wolverine is. Ah, this is what they do that's something really cool. Because on the post-show, on the after-shows, they talk to the writer. And you don't think about how writing for an audio format is different than a comic book. Like, how do you do a flashback in audio, right? Think about that. Right, that's a little bit more different. Episode three does several flashbacks, scenes within scenes, and it works really well. Like, it's really creative how they did it. I got to give them props for that. Check out Wolverine the Long Night uh, and get a free month of Stitcher premium. Uh, Seth Morgan, listener Seth Morgan, just posted on our Facebook group. He says, good news, bad news department. Good news, I just joined Stitcher, a site filled with thousands of quality podcasts, and got one free month by typing nerd in the promo code box. That's winning. I like that. Bad news, he says. I found out what a quality podcast is supposed to sound like. Somebody touch my spaghetti! I don't know what that means. What does that mean? Seth Morgan, what are you trying to say? Seth Morgan. Is he mad because he's been listening to our show and finally heard something good? Is that is this a dig, Seth Morgan? Or is, is he that dis- is or, even, or is he dissing them? Uh, oh, oh, yeah, hmm. you can go either way. Did it? Uh, look, if that is even your real name, Seth Morgan. Uh, look, are you really nice- Seth Rogan? <laughs> are you really Seth Rogan trolling us as Seth Morgan? Yes. Oh, shit. I don't know what Seth Morgan's trying to say, but everyone should go do what he did. Visit Stitcher.com slash premium. Use the promo code nerd. Also, our buddy. The Ginger Geek himself, Matt Delhauer, will be reviewing Wolverine the Long Night uh, on his blog. So that'll be fun. Woo. Speaking of the Delhauers, that leads into our next very exciting announcement. Talking nerd. Uh, as mentioned on the last What the Fuck episode, Matt Delhauer's show, his new podcast, has officially launched. That is awesome. Oh, shit. You can find it at gingergeekblogs.com. It's called The Ginger Geek Pod. And he had the balls to launch on our birthday rugs. I don't know. I think maybe that's like a tribute. Yeah, I'm, I, sure. I was taking it. I was taking it personally, but I'm not. I love that. It's like a tribute to us. It's like another spinoff. It's someone we had on the show. It's like our What's show's not coming out until later anyway. We're recording it on our birthday. That's true. It doesn't technically come out on birthday. Mm-hmm. His show launched on our birthday. Episode one is up. It's called In the Shadow of Luke Skywalker. I will put links to this in the show notes. Uh, it's short. It's really good. You get to learn a little bit about Matt. He talks about uh, uh, The Last Jedi and what Luke Skywalker meant to him and a little bit about writing for The Nerdist. When we met him in 2015, he was freelance writing for The Nerdist. Uh, so he gets into that. Check it out. Give it a listen. Subscribe to that show. Subscribe to this show. Lots of great geek audio content. Let's get to the news, you bastards. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. 
And then after you do all that, get in touch with us, listener. Let us know what you think. Visit our website, jockandnerd.com slash contact. That's where you're going to find like our Twitter page, our Facebook page. Uh, you can send us a message, uh, speak pipe, and a link to our awesome Facebook group. Join the Jock and Nerd Nation. Rugs, this bitch is almost 200 strong. Oh, Whoa. shit. The nation will be taking over. I don't know. I think that's a lot of people. I'm, I'm, like, I don't even listen to the show. Probably. Proof. <laughs> Look, if you're in the group and you just joined and you have not listened, I'm, you're not hearing this. Uh, let me say welcome to a couple of people. Because this week, like 20 people joined. I can't well, say hi to everybody. Here's who I'm going to pick out. Clay Groves, who uh, has a podcast called the Fish Nerds Podcast. Jockey nerd. A fellow nerd. He's a fish nerd. Mm. Welcome to the group. He must like hey. uh, you know that new uh, Game of the Tour movie. Oh, he's like the a shape uh, of water fan. Yes. Shape of water nerd. Ah, Clay, have you uh, reviewed the shape of water? That should fit for your fish podcast. Yeah, I think he should do that. Uh, Adrian Jackson, Harden Hardinson, Yogesh Patidar, and all of Jess Rivera, Michael Bomers, Ray O'Neills, and John Bellotti's friends that they added. Welcome to the group. I'm into Yogesh Patidar. Yogesh Patidar is a great name. Yeah, it's like Pat Benatar's like Indian friend. <laughs> Pat Benatar's Indian double maybe, kanga. Yeah, maybe it's like a yoga instructor for yeah, Pat uh, Benatar. They would, that would be a great super group. They should team up and tour the world. Yeah. Yogish why and Pat a, Benatar. Can I ask in the show notes, why is one name uh, highlighted? Well, I copied it from Facebook, so it pasted in like the Facebook link, and I didn't, it didn't pull oh, the link I out. was like, oh, is that a famous person? No, it's just the way I pasted it in. So you can click on Adrian Jackson Hardison and find out more about her. I'm, Let's... I'm clicking it right now. Let's see what okay, happens. Don't click it, Ruggs. You're going to get distracted. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. I've clicked uh, on it. I've. <laughs> what happened? I just had to click on it because it was a link. I was like, I need yeah, to click this. Well, I don't blame you. You see a link, you got to click it. I mean, that's, that's why what I have viruses for. on my computer. That's what links are for. Okay, let's move on. I ain't letting Cable kill this kid. But I can't do this alone. Can you speak up? It's hard to hear you with that pity dick in your mouth. We're going to form a super duper fucking group. We need them tough, morally flexible, and young enough to carry their own franchise for 10 to 12 years. We will be known as X-Force. Isn't that a little derivative? You're absolutely right. Now, let's go get our fuck on. Don't call it a comeback. I've been here for 10. We got to start with... Deadpool 2, they just dropped uh, their first official trailer. Uh, I guess we, we did see like a teaser trailer. It was like a weird half trailer, right, Rugs? That original one? The one with the the, the action figures? Yeah, where there's a little Toy Story parody in the middle. Yes. So this is like their first official trailer. And why this is important is because in between these two trailers was all that hubbub about the test screening and how initial reports said it was a disaster. And then immediately following that, reports saying, no, it wasn't a disaster. Uh, I got an a, a, a article from Hollywood Reporter. Headline, Deadpool 2 outscores original in test screenings. Oh, shit. <clears throat> this article is saying that Deadpool 2 is screening higher than the original, rugs. Is that possible? It could be possible. It earned a 98 in one of its final tests. You got to understand that there's probably excitement for this movie. So it may, may score higher. Oh, there's excitement. I am very excited. So this article mentions Deadpool 2 underwent reshoots six days worth last month in Vancouver to add more of what the test screening audiences enjoyed. That's three days fewer than those done for the 2016 original. And there was a secret cameo. They added a secret cast 
I don't know who could this could be. Could could they have nabbed a Hugh Jackman Wolverine cameo for Deadpool two? That could be cool. That would be fucking crazy. I think the movie is doing fine, and as evidenced by this fucking awesome trailer. I love this trailer, Rugs. You check this trailer out. Yeah, that's what. Oh my god! I there's something about this movie that everything I see so far, I'm in, dude. I am so in. They had me in at Mama Said Knock You Out. Yeah, isn't it great that they're using old school rap? Yes. That's when I was like, oh, fuck yeah, this thing is doing everything right. Remember when rap was good? Remember? Yeah, they're like, remember remember when rap was good and then mumble? I remember that. Yeah. Uh, I love every, look, I love everything about this trailer. I think this movie is going to do really well. What did you think overall of the trailer, Rugs? I thought it was good. I didn't watch it that many times. I saw it like a, maybe one time in its entirety. Uh, and and I, I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, it looks like uh, legit. You had um, him in the, in the Professor X chair. I thought it was going to be Patrick Stewart. And then it, it was him because they both have the bald head, you know? Him doing wheelies in yeah. Professor X wheelchair in the mansion is fucking great. And there That's was hilarious. a Wakanda salute in there. Yes, the cops. That's what I love about this. It's so meta. It's unapologetically meta. It's a fucking, this is the superhero movies that say fuck you to other superhero movies. You know what I like about this? This remind, These Deadpool movies remind me of, everybody has that one friend who's a really bad influence that he's always on fucking drugs or he's drinking, that when you go out to hang out with him, you don't know if you're going to get stabbed or punched or arrested, but you do know you're going to have a memorable, exciting night that's going to be like a movie, and you do it anyways. That's what this Deadpool movie is to me. I like the the fact that uh, X-Force is kind of a joke. Yes, and I and, love that it's official. And he's got that yellow costume thing, like like it. Look, he made it himself, like the yes. shirt. There's a, so many nods to like his different costumes and different suits in this. Like he has like a silver looking thing at one point. He's wearing high heels. Yeah, that uh, was weird. <laughs> in the strip club, and he's flipping and fucking cutting heads off. Yeah, Dopinder. I love seeing Dopinder. He's the best. Yeah, he's chilling in the car waiting for him as a bunch of guys are chasing Deadpool. That's fucking great. Uh, Cable looks great, and I guess he's not the villain. I guess he's he's looking for that kid. He's got to kill yeah, the kid. Get, I don't get the big fat kid who makes fire. I don't get. No, that. I don't know. I don't know who that is. And everyone has these collars, and I don't know why Cable is looking. It's because it's not like you know, like the comic book Cable that it's he's uh, uh his his uh, who was it Scott Summers is his dad, and his his child is I forget. It's a girl. It's no, not isn't his that, kid. Isn't Cable Scott Summers and 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 Jean Grey's son? Son, right. Scott Summers is dad. He has the most confusing background. I hope they streamline a little, but I guess he's he's from the future. He's trying to kill this kid. I don't know what's going on. We find out who Terry Crews is playing. He's a character called Bedlam. Uh-huh. That's a letdown. Very obscure. Yeah, he should have been like Bishop or Bridge. Uh, you see the Blackbird. I love that pity dick line. Uh, and I love that he said X-Force. Like, there's gonna he's made it official. It's legit. That sword play scene looked like uh, Kill Bill. Like they were copping Kill Bill a little bit. I love it. I love all of it. I'm so excited I gotta watch this movie. trailer again. God damn it. Dude, it's so much fun. It's just, it's got a great energy. I just love the vibe, the tone of these movies. Like I, uh, I'm, I'm all in, uh, cause they could say fuck you to, you know, all traditional severe movies and have fun. Uh, so the other members we see in here, there's that chick that's like spinning the chain. Uh, that's Surge. Of course, Domino is going to be in there. Bedlam, like we just said. Uh, somebody named Zeitgeist. It's another uh, X-Force character. Oh. And I think you see Shatterstar in the background. 
Yeah, we, that one we, scene, right? We know that he's in yeah. the in that helicopter or whatever the fucking thing is. So there's your X Force team. It looks sick, dude. I'm, I couldn't I couldn't be more excited. It looks like a lot of fun, and I'm wondering who that cameo is. That's gonna be what uh, if it's Professor X? Uh, oh, as the cameo, but which one? McAvoy or uh, fucking either uh, one? Patrick Stewart. Gotta be old Professor X. Man, if they pull off a Hugh Jackman Wolverine cameo in secret and it comes out of nowhere, that it be could fun. be. That would be the big get. And if he's in the suit, yeah. Imagine he's Wolverine in the suit. Oh my god, in the bright yellow suit, yes. Geek motor. That would be fucking. Dumb. I love it. I love where she's like, "Isn't that derivative?" He's like, "Absolutely." Let's get our fuck on. Oh, it's so good. It's perfect. <laughs> it's exactly what this movie needs. Uh, what is this coming out? And what's it called? It's just called DP2. Double Penetration 2. May 18th. Can't wait. Good stuff. Let's move on to a little bit of uh, MCU Avengers Infinity War. Talk. This article posted by Adam Morris to our Facebook group, Chalk and Nerd Nation, uh, regarding Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan kind of uh, talking about making a, a team-up movie, how they would love to do a team-up movie. I think it was, uh, who said this? Mackie said he's really good friends with Sebastian Stan. They would love to do, it could be a uh, a Falcon a Winter Soldier movie like Eddie Murphy and Nick Nolte in 48 Hours or like a Midnight Run or a buddy comedy movie from the 80s. I love this idea and I don't see why they should do a whole Marvel team-up like side franchise. We just make fucking team-up movies. That would be cool. Would that be too much? You think it would dilute it too much? I don't know. You want to like, you don't want to like go through all the good bad guys on, you know, because like you need to save those for the big event films, right? That's true. So, so these team up movies, so these they're going to be underwhelming, you know, if they're not like something big. Let's say like they do a team up movie and it's not like a great movie. It's like just a really small movie. Like it's not like they have to go big or go home and then you're going to dilute like all the brand. You're going to like. Yeah, that's the one thing I'd be afraid of. I mean, you could have a smaller budget and kind of put them in, in, in between, but uh, there's just there's something there. I mean, you could do it. They could do anything, but I just don't think it's a great idea to start doing team up movies. <laughs> I want to see like Marvel team up where Spider Man and somebody else every like, issue. It depends. Like for example, like Captain America. Does he have like a big rogues gallery? You know, we had Red yeah, Skull. Not, He's gone. Not really? Yeah. And there's a couple of other guys. The Skull and Crossbones, they, they did that guy. Um, you got Zemo and fucking you know, Zola, and it's all mostly those kind of guys. Yeah, they've, so they've kind of used up a lot. They, they have, like, the snake people left, I guess. Yeah. And, I mean, so the Captain America movies are like team-up movies anyways. Yeah. What if you did a whole phase? Like, Adam Morris, this is what he suggested in his, in his comment. I'd love to see a one two-person team-up phase. Like, it was just like phase five, and every movie was a pairing, and it was still building to, like, a giant thing at the end. That could be kind of fun. Yeah. It could be. I mean, having a, a buddy dynamic makes the movie more fun. It, it's more of a fun thing. You don't really... Use the buddy dynamic when you want like a a serious film with like you know that that's film, true. you know. Unless you pair two uh, characters with opposite you know I- ideas and and philosophies, and then like which one is the good guy? Maybe one guy ends up being the bad guy. Yeah, that could be interesting. Uh that's probably not ever going to happen anyway. So I don't know why we're discussing it. But Maggie, uh, you know, he came out and said something. Speaking of Captain America, rugs last episode. You did mention about, you know, these all these actors are coming out of contract. Uh, Chris Evans had talked about 
wanting to move on and do other stuff. And I guess, allegedly, maybe Adam Morris also posted this article uh, where it kind of confirms he will bid farewell to the MCU after Avengers 4. Basically, he was supposed to be done at the third movie, but extended it to the fourth movie. His phrase, his exact quote is, you want to get off the train before they push you. Now, that doesn't mean that his contract is up. He can't, like, negotiate a new contract if they do. Because isn't this kind of a spoiler then? That, you uh, never say never. Right? You can't. Like, if he he could probably go away for a couple of years and come back. He's still young. Yeah, he could take a break and come back as a, a little bit of older cap uh, as a mentor. Yeah, but, I mean, he's still, like, relatively young. He's not going to go. I don't think Chris Evans is going to be like, fuck it. I'm going to just eat hamburgers and fucking <laughs> get fat. He's been doing this for a long time, no. but uh, and his commitment to it is amazing. But just like Chris Hemsworth now, they've both finished all the stuff they're supposed to shoot as their characters. Uh, is either of those up for uh, to die in Infinity War? Totally possible. Probably will happen. I think that Cap doesn't ever really die anyway. How many times has he been killed in the comic? Yeah, he's been killed a couple of times and come back. Yeah, so it's just like he kill him and he'll come back. Joe Henry uh, also uh, posted a comment to this uh, to Adam saying, Adam, don't worry, man. This is a clickbait article. Chris Evans exact words are. This is the last time he's contractually obligated to play cap. I think Marvel is trying to keep it under wraps as to what will happen after Avengers four. Evans has gone on record saying that he would be happy to play cap longer if they'll have him. My speculation, if cap dies and is brought back somehow, I think we'll see cap again in Spider-Man homecoming. Somehow. He says, I typed it first. Oh, shit. All right. Well, you get credit, Joe. If that happens in a Spider-Man movie, Joe thought of it first. Right, Ruggs? Okay. I'm putting it in my <laughs> Rolodex. I don't know what that means. Uh, you have a Rolodex? Uh, what is it? Right. These are phone numbers. I love that Anthony's not here because we can make like jokes millennials won't no. get. Like, we, we can make uh, Mr. Belvedere and Punky Brewster references. Sure. And, you know, it's all good. We don't got to worry about that going, what are you talking about? Hey, hey, hey. Bro, do you even podcast? No, no. he doesn't. Okay. <laughs> All right, more people from the MCU being reunited, Rugs. Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth, they are going to be making a movie together. <laughs> Guess what it is? It's the Men in Black uh, reboot spinoff. Oh, shit. Hard thumbs down to so a noise. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Mm. I don't want to see that. Wow. I don't even want to see Will Smith do it again. Yeah, I mean, they the first movie was really good, and then the other two, uh, I don't know. It just, uh, you really didn't you know what? That. We're on its welcome. Like, I don't care about fucking. I mean, it's funny the first time, and even the even the third one was better. The second one was complete garbage. The first one is great though. The first one is still great, right? But it, it that's what it is. It's like one of those things that you do once, and it's you know it's a funny comedy. You could go back again, but. It's never going to be as good as the first one. So Thompson is in talks to join Hemsworth in Sony's Men in Black spinoff, Sources Tell Variety. F. Gary Gray, who directed Straight Outta Compton and The Fate of the Furious, is going to direct, uh, fast track the project for a 2019 release. So it's a spinoff. Look, the world of Men in Black, I think it's, it's fairly interesting. Like, there's a lot of potential there. If they just took out, you know, because they had to focus on Fucking Agent J and K, those other two uh, movies. I want to know more about this world that Men in Black is set in. It could it could be something interesting. I really don't give a shit. No? No. At least, would you rather still have them do the Men in Black 21 Jump Street mashup? No. They're not doing that anymore. But And maybe they shouldn't. I'm like over like 
like bad comedies. They're like they don't know how to do them good anymore. Like nothing's funny anymore. I agree. It's like just don't fucking fuck with it uh, if you're gonna do something. I don't know. Come up with something new. How about have you seen a trailer uh, for that movie Tag? That looks good. That looks really great. It looks like a great adult comedy. Uh, a movie about a, a bunch of friends. I guess based on a true true story. A bunch of friends have been playing tag. I gave a tag for 30 years. Right. The cast looks great. Uh, and I'm surprised nobody has made a movie like this yet. Like, that's such a, what a great idea. Well, it's based on reality, which is usually stupider than fiction. Right. You would never think somebody would play fucking tag for 30 years. But that looks like a great adult R-rated fun comedy. Uh, this Men in Black spinoff, maybe they shouldn't do it. Uh, last thing I want to talk about before we take a quick break uh, is uh, Spike Lee and the showrunner for Luke Cage on Netflix, Chio Hadari Coker, reportedly they are attached to direct and developed this Nightwatch movie for Sony. Oh, shit. You ever read Nightwatch? I have not. It looks like what? Spawn, but it's not. Yes. Well, here's the thing. It unfortunately came out like the same month Spawn did, and the design of the character is very derivative of Spawn. Yeah. Spawn itself is kind of derivative of Spider-Man and some other things. It's just a evolution. It's like, who has capes with horns on it? And then, like, big eyes. and, and Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so what can you tell us about Nightwatch, Rugs? It's kind of a unique uh, idea. It's, it's, it's magic-based. Isn't it like a magic-based character? It's the thing where there's a doctor who's uh, he's walking down the street and he sees a superhero uh, fighting a bunch of dudes and he sees him get killed and he goes up to investigate and he takes the guy's mask off and it's him from the future. Oh, oh yeah, it's a future thing, right? So there's a little bit of time travel in there and there's magical, mystical abilities granted by whatever. But it's a and he was uh, comes from Spider Man introduced 1993's Web of Spider Man number 97. In the 90s, I vaguely remember him, but I like Spike Lee, Chio Hadari Coker. That got me excited because I missed a good Spike Lee movie, man. What happened? What happened to do the right thing, Spike Lee? Can he make uh, something like he that? He made anymore? Chirac. He did, but, and I still haven't seen that. Uh, and it's a musical. I watched like maybe like the first 20 minutes. Is it good? And I was like, I can't watch this. <laughs> no, he should totally put uh, Mookie as a sidekick, a night watch it's in like, this movie. As soon as like you, I could only I could only tolerate it for like a little bit, and then I was just like, all right, I'm done with this. It was- See, man, fucking do the right thing is amazing. But actually, John Bellotti reminded me, uh, Spike dropped a Black Panther reference way back in Do the Right Thing. Remember that scene at the pizza shop where the guy he's got a Black Panther comic book, and he's like, Black Panther eats pizza, we eat pizza. Yeah. It's fucking bad, you, badass. You know what Chirac reminded me of? It's like, it like Spike Lee went to go see like In the Heights or something by uh, uh, Lin- Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yeah, and just was like, I'm doing a movie of this. And He's I was like, I like, want to do my, my rap, uh, urban hip hop rap. Yeah, so, yeah. So look, they're making Venom. They're going to maybe they're going to make Nightwatch. I heard actually that Silver and Black has been like pushed back indefinitely. Mm. I, something happened. Let's see if the Sony Spider-Man universe does anything. Do you want to know what Spike Lee's working on now? This is kind of interesting. And I, you know, just how is I'm it saying, a Dave Chappelle sketch. <laughs> it's not a Dave Chappelle sketch, you bastard. Oh shit. What the fuck? Somebody touch my spaghetti. Uh no, for 2018 it is a movie called Black Klansman. So it is a Dave Chappelle sketch. Oh shit, it oh, is a Dave Chappelle <laughs> sketch. Oh, I see where you're going with that. I totally missed the joke. Uh here's the description. Ron Stallworth, an African-American police officer from Colorado, 
successfully managed to infiltrate the local Ku Klux Klan and became the head of the local chapter. Oh, shit. Wow. That's a story. I've never heard that's that story. That's based on a true story, yeah. Uh, that's amazing. Uh, I'm uh, looking forward to this. Maybe a return to uh, some You hear the good- one about, like, there was a, I think it was an Indian dude who tried to be black, pretended to be black to get uh, college tuition. Oh, really? Yeah. See, <laughs> there, there, was that, there was that white dude who w- thought he was Filipino, drove around in the little Filipino car. I know, I'm talking about a real... <laughs> are you talking about... What are you talking about? <laughs> what, there was that dude who wanted to be Filipino. Okay, I didn't know that. I didn't just know lived that. his life as a Filipino guy. That's great. Dude, Black Klansman <laughs> sounds dope, though. Good for... Sp- <laughs> I don't know what we're talking about. Look, we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to play some promos. Uh, and then we got a Patreon challenge and more news... And the review of the pilot, Krypton on Sci Fi. After these messages, we'll be right back. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We'll get you back to your podcasty goodness now in a minute. First, we'd like to take a second to tell you about our marginally better podcast, the 365 Flex Podcast. I am the Scottish Whedon Whore Chris. And I am the Pissy X Video Store Clerk Kev. And we bring you the latest movie and TV news, reviews, and rants. All that and a bunch of top fives that you really will not care about. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Libsyn, and all other third-party podcasting apps. And on top of all that, you'll get free access to our indie talk. You'll hear us speaking with directors, producers, actors, comic book creators, and artists about their experiences. Don't forget to drop us five stars and follow us on the Facebooks and the Twitters. Told them not to go in the water. What's up, everybody? This is Mr. Throwback Thursday from the Mr. Throwback Thursday podcast. Along with my co-host, Bill, every Thursday, we bring you classic hip-hop. Classic. You know, all the good stuff, the stuff that you forgot about, the golden age, pre-golden age, back to the original era. Each week we bring you hip-hop headlines, so we let you know what's going on with your favorite artists from back in the day. We bring you Woo News. We dedicate an entire segment just to the Wu-Tang Clan every week. Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. We bring you two records. One is a one and done. One is a record of the week. We give you an artist of the month. We give you all the classics. Classic. Classic. Come and check us out. Every week we're on iTunes, Stitcher, and at MrThrowbackThursday.com. And if you remember nothing else, always remember, new school stale, old school fresh. Hey, listener. Dutch here from Voice from the Underground, the podcast. My co-host and I want to invite you to check out our little corner of the podcast verse. At Voice from the Underground, we talk about all the crazy <laughs> happening around us and try to make a little bit of sense out of the nonsense with little to no results. If the idea of hearing three semi-intelligent, outspoken nerds talk about politics, social issues, current events, sports, movies, pretty much anything that we decide to talk about because, well, it's our show, appeals to you, grab your shovel and come on down to the underground and then consult a qualified psychotherapist. Find us wherever you get your podcasts, just not where you buy your weed. Boys from the underground. Doc and Hey, listener, if you love the show and you want more show, there's a place where you can go. Oh, shit. Hey, that rhymed. Uh, join the fan club. Just visit jockinner.com slash Patreon, where you're going to help us keep the lights on and you will get exclusive bonus content 
just for our fan club members and listener and patron John Seifert. Ruggs wrote in. He has a Patreon challenge. Really? Yes. Check mm. this out. Here's what he says. Dear Jock and Nerd Nation, I was listening to NPR a few weeks ago during one of their torturous, never-ending pledge drives and was suddenly struck with inspiration in regards to the Jock and Nerd podcast. I thought to myself, geez, wouldn't it be great if Jock and Nerd 2 gave us compelling hour a week of quality programming? That's a diss. But besides that, I also came up with the idea of hosting a pledge drive challenge. I am currently a $20 a month supporter of Jock and Nerd. It really isn't a lot of money. Call it five bucks per broadcast on average. Hell, I spend $4 on one latte every morning at Starbucks, and Starbucks don't even got puppets. Not yet. <laughs> what bullshit. I feel the enjoyment and insight I get from the boys is well worth $5 per show. Heck, just think about Rug Boy's contribution alone. Great insight, snappy patter, a wealth of comic book-related knowledge, all while having a man's fist in his ass. Hey, give me a woman. It's only because he's a pro that you can hardly tell how much he's enjoying himself. Am I? And let me tell you, I'm not exactly rolling in dough, but supporting Jock and Nerd Nation needs to happen, and I think anybody who listens can and should give a couple of bucks. Because let's face it, vape juice, cases of muscle milk, and biannual dry cleanings of certain co-hosts cost money. Yes, they do cost a lot of money. When you think about it, it's only fair to lend your support. And if you so choose, you can easily offset your charitable monthly donation, as I do, by shoplifting at Dollar Tree. Oh, shit. But I digress. Here's my challenge. Beginning April 1st, actually, we're going to start it now. I jumped early. Beginning now, <laughs> if just a few stubborn jock and nerd brethren out there come together and collectively donate just $100 in new support by the end of the month, I'll double my own support from $20 a month to $40 a month. Jock and nerd. And if we can get to $150, I'll still only get $40, but I'll eat a bug, too. All right. I don't understand this whole thing. This is too okay, complicated. Well, he finishes. Okay, that's enough out of me. Let's all do our part to blow this bitch up. Good luck. Sincerely, Imran's mother. Oh, shit. No, John Seifert, fan of the show and all around nice guy. Jockey nerd. All right, John, thank you for this Patreon challenge. Basically, Ruggs, he's saying if by the end of April we have $100 more in patron support than we did at the beginning of April. Oh, he's going to double his money. He will double his support from 20 to $40 a month. Oh, shit. That's I cool. love it. Right? Let's let's make it happen. So that could be a combination of things. New listeners, listeners that aren't, jump on now. Get yourself exclusive bonus content at any level. Uh, and existing patrons, if you uh, raise your patronage, that also counts to that collective amount. So there you go. Make it happen. Do it, guys. I mean, like, I, I listen, I'm all for more people uh, donating to Patreon and, you know, making the show a success for years to come. That's always a good thing. So d do it up, man. Fucking do it. Take up this challenge from John Seifert to the listener. I love it, John. Thank you so much. Uh, make it happen. Jockinner.com slash Patreon. All right. Continuing on with the news. John Bellotti posted this article on our Facebook group regarding Venom. And actually, there's another article Joe St. John posted that has an in-depth look at the rumored plot oh, of the whole movie. Don't worry. Don't spoil it. Imran. I'm not going to read it. I read it, though. I'll put the link in the show notes if you want to read it. The initial article headline rumor has it that we shouldn't see a lot of Venom in the upcoming Venom movie. Well, that's a big fuck up right there. 
basically, look, this movie, I don't think it has a lot of budget. I feel like there may be multiple symbiotes, but I don't think, I think it's going to be like, don't he's in the make shadows. it then. Don't, don't make a movie yes. if you're not going to fucking really do it. Just don't do it. The Venom fans are going to see the, going to go see this movie to see Venom. How can you make a movie called Venom? What's the and, point? And have him in for like five seconds at the end. Why are you at the doing climax. this? What the fuck? Why are you doing Why are you putting people through this? Look, if this rumored plot is anywhere near accurate, this is going to be a fucking, this is not, this is going to be a, a, a bomb. This movie's not going to do like, well. I mean, we're hearing bullshit hearsay. We don't know if it's yes. true or not. Yes, yes. But right. just the idea that you're going to make a Venom movie and Venom's not going to be in it, that's just a complete stupid ass thing. I mean, look, you saw the trailer. They gave us nothing in the trailer. I, from all this, it sounds, it smells a little bit of they missed the boat. They really don't know what to do with this character, and uh, they're probably going to change things and, and make decisions. How do they not know what to do? I don't know. I don't know. How come? It's, how do they not know what to do? What What are they? What are they trying to do that I don't understand? I don't understand. A lot of nails it. He says this sounds as bad as a late '80s superhero film when they had no clue how to make one. That's the question. How can you still not know? How can you still not get it? It's. I mean, look at you. Marvel has given you ten years instruction. It's like you don't mount up and 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 try and tackle something like this unless you're gonna like give it a decent budget. I'm not saying like hundred million dollars, but like give it like forty million, fifty million, like you know, a healthy sixty million dollar budget, and go for it. You know, just don't. I don't understand. It just doesn't make any sense. I have a feeling like McFarlane's Spawn movie is going to be like very similar to this Venom movie because he's doing the same thing. Like he doesn't have a lot of money and and Spawn's just going to be in the shadows, kind of like Jaws. You don't really see the monster. He's in the shadows. You see him a little bit. Or it reminds me of Godzilla where you get uh, eight minutes of Godzilla. It was like 15 minutes. You know, someone else also on that <laughs> Collider podcast, this girl brought up a good point. She's like, in the movie Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice is only in it for like 18 minutes. I was oh, like, oh, yeah, that's a good point. So, and then I got the third Batman, Nolan's third Batman movie. He's Batman's in it for like 20 minutes in like a two and a half hour movie. Right. So are those good examples? Can it be done? I don't know. Yeah. But the point is, is like, like Batman's got a lot of things going on that doesn't need Batman to be there. You got Bruce Wayne. You that's got- true. You got his whole rogues gallery. You got all these things to tell stories about. Venom, it's like, I don't know. He's like the name that people are going to go see that's tied to Spider-Man. I don't know. I think it's This dumb. sounds like a what the fuck happened episode in the making. I can't wait to have another uh, possible candidate for what the fuck happened. Yeah. Right? Uh, so if you really want to spoil this movie, check out the, the link, the spoiler link, the in-depth look at the rumored plot. Uh, it breaks it down from comic book movie. Uh, spoil yourself. Who cares? It's I hate not talking be about anyways. things that are not even like out or coming out. <laughs> It'll be out it's later annoying. this year. All right, let's talk about something that's out. I want to take a check into the Black Panther box office. Holy crap! Look at all these numbers. Uh, domestic total right now in uh, in release thirty five days six hundred and fourteen million dollars. Oh, wowie <laughs> zowie. Its worldwide total is now at 1.2 billion. Oh shit! Dollars. Here's what that means. Brugs, check this out. It is the 14th film to cross 1.2 billion dollars. Wow. 
Here it's and then and according to this Forbes article, it's about to pass two more milestones. Everyone is predicting by Sunday it will top the Avengers domestic total of six hundred and twenty-three million, making up the highest-grossing superhero movie in North America of all time. Holy shit! And it may even pass the one point two one global gross of Iron Man three, making it the biggest solo superhero flick worldwide of all time. Oh wow. shit! It's just T'Challa is legitimately Earth's mightiest hero. He is Earth's mightiest right. Avenger right now, no doubt. Right. It's unbelievable. It's pretty fucking cool. This thing does not. So here's uh, the movie. So it's been number one five weeks in a row now. Here's another crazy fact. Can you believe that since Avatar and what was that? 2009. No movie has held the number one spot for five weeks in a row until Black Panther for, for like almost 10 years. Well, that was a big deal back then. It was a thing. And this is the thing now. This is a big thing now. How crazy is that? It's that hard to hold on to number one for just five weeks. Well, it's a lot of factors. It's like what's in the box office. You know, if Jurassic Park came out last weekend, then this wouldn't be even be talking about it. And I think Black Panther has the benefit that it's it's, you know, uh, Wrinkle and Time came out. That was nothing. Uh, Tomb Raider comes out, does nothing. uh, Pacific Rim Uprising may be uh, the movie that knocks it off. Number one. Well, we're hoping. Yes, it's early because it's only Friday, so it's tracking to beat Black Panther to number one this weekend on its first week out. Black Panther's sixth week out, which is fine. It's still Black Panther still made billion dollars, and five weeks at number one is amazing. Congrats to all the people at Marvel. They're printing money. I bet they yes. use it for toilet paper over there. Well. I don't know what they're using it for, but it's uh, they're not removing mustaches with it, I'll tell you that. No, no, they're not. They're, throw some money at that. Why don't you? Okay, let's go from the highest grossing superhero flick ever to the lowest grossing DC superhero flick, which is now officially the Justice League. Ends its run in the box theatrical run. And it is officially the lowest growing, grossing DCEU movie today, which rocks. This is still fucking shocking to me. You're telling me you had the most iconic superheroes the world knows all together in one movie. And you couldn't make more money than Man of Steel. Because it doesn't matter what you have. It matters how you use it. <laughs> It's, I mean, All right. it's amazing it's the how they ultimate, fucked this up so it's bad. It's the ultimate dick analogy. Yes. We have the world's biggest dick. Didn't know how to use it. Didn't know how to use it. We kept trying to shove well, it in had, sideways. They basically had <laughs> seven of the world's biggest dicks. <laughs> they had seven big dicks waving and none of them found uh, the mark. No. So, like, it's like, look, they picked the wrong story to do. They were basically driven into a corner by Zack Snyder's stupid idea to kill Superman off in you know, the second yep. movie that he's in yep, for no apparent reason because he wanted to do the Dark Knight fight. This is the movie where they're digging themselves out of the Snyder hole. Like, imagine, if you will, that Batman versus Superman never came out. And mm. then Justice League was the next movie. And you didn't need to do all the killing of Superman and all that other stuff. You could have done, like, you know... Like uh, Dark Side was coming. And then yeah. and they needed to band up. And they needed to do some shit. So... They should have just did it like the the new 52 Justice League War a little bit. Yeah. 
They tried to do that in the beginning. That's why but- Batman versus Superman is going to be the movie that 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 everybody hates for forever. Who lay who who wanted a good. Justice League movie. It is the movie that's going to set It ruined everything. It derailed everything. It did. It absolutely derailed everything. And it's because Man of Steel wasn't a reactionary movie. They, you know, they let Snyder do what he wanted to do. And then they got reactionary, right? (laughs) Every movie after that got reactionary. Didn't trust themselves. They hacked it up. Somehow we got Wonder Woman, which is well, which is good. There was still potential for Superman in Man in Man of Steel. Like at the end of the movie, he could have yeah. gone on to be the Superman we all know and love. Right, you could have just done it there. But no. But they they just leaned hard into this fucking bullshit, and it's because of the fucking game. I'm telling you that Injustice game, that comic was popular. Yeah. Because of the game. Yeah, and for some reason the WB execs have their heads up their ass and thought that that would be the direction to go in, but they're dumb. Justice League only made two hundred and twenty nine million. Man of Steel made two ninety one, and even Batman v Superman is uh, made three hundred and thirty million. It could even <laughs> make. It's so, just so crazy. It's just it's fucking disappointing. It's so disappointing. Uh, so look, DC's plan is we're not going to hear stuff from them until the end of the year where they got Aquaman. We know that's coming out. We know they're filming that. Maybe I hope we get a trailer soon. So I'd love to see a trailer for Aquaman. And then we know they're making Shazam because last episode we talked about Zachary Levi and his bright red fucking Shazam costume on these set photos. And now we have an official logo. I was hoping they would release some kind of teaser or something. All we got is this logo, Rugs. Uh, give me your design critique on this DC's Shazam logo. It's 3D-ish. There's clouds in the background. There's a lightning bolt. It's glowing. Uh, what do you think? I think it's not bad. Let me look at it. It's got a fun, t- like you can tell this movie is going to be kind of not take itself too seriously and be fun, but then it also seems it like looks like epic. a comedy. Yeah, it looks like a comedy it has logo. A com- comedic tone to it. Right? It absolutely does, but still has that kind of superheroic, epic, uh, bold look. So, yeah, it looks like somebody was just like fucking around in like uh, <laughs> in a 3D program and did yeah, some lettering. They got, they got a they got a nice 3D bend on and 3D renders and they rendered the bevels and there's lighting effects and uh, all the shit you expect. It's fine. It looks like yeah. a comedy though. It looks very comedic. Yes, that I thought was interesting. Like it does uh tell you that this may be a comedy. That this is going to be a bunch of laughs. Hopefully uh, it's fu- if it's funny then all's forgiven, but I doubt it's it's gonna be one of those cringy funny. Yeah, I mean like how funny they can't do like Deadpool funny. Like what kind of funny would work for Shazam? Like, you know, wholesome funny? Like it's gonna be big, basically. Well, that's like a Tom Hanks fucking, you know, wholesome funny. It's gonna or be like big. thirteen going on thirty. Oh, uh, so like yeah, slap sticky swap. Ugh. Well, sometimes that could work. What are the other sw- what other age swap movies can we think of? Uh, Freaky Friday? Freaky Friday. What's uh, the one with Kirk Cameron? That wasn't that 13 going on 30? No, I think Cameron is another one. He does the the, the switch. He has a switch movie. There's so many uh, switch movies. Switch. Well, of course, the parent trap being is right, that the original. Just, we got Google's. Google oh, switch God, movies. We gotta, we're gonna Google switch movies. Fine. Go to the Google's machine. Well, there's the switch. Yeah, but that that's Blake Edwards. That's different. How are you gonna Google this? What's the search term? Body swap movies. Here we go. Ready? There you go. Okay. Read me the list. Let's do it. The change up. Okay. All right. I don't know that one. 
Yeah, we got 18 again. <laughs> no one's seen that. The hot chick. That counts. The hot chick counts. Um, like father, like son. 1987. Like father, like son. Yes. Kirk G- Cameron swaps with Dudley Moore, of all people. Yes. Dream a little dream. I don't remember that one. I don't remember that one either. 18 again. 18 again. Yes. Prelude to a kiss was a, a was a, a there's one called vice versa. Vice versa. I've seen that's what is that with fucking Fred Savage. Uh, that might be with Fred yeah. Savage. Dude, all of me from 1984, Steve Martin, Lily Tomlin, hilarious movie. Vice versa. Vice, vice versa. I just can't remember that fucking movie. All right. All right. All right so we good. named them all. <laughs> so big is going to be a body swap movie with superpowers. No, it's well, it's not a body swap. It's just. I mean, it's not body swap. Big is not really a body swap, but it's kind of. No, no, it's, it's a kid this, who yeah. wakes up in an adult's body. Yeah. It's like and half of a ha- body swap movie. Yeah. That's what happens to Billy. You don't see Billy the other Jackson. end of like the adult who gets in the kid's body. Wait, what's that story? How come yeah. nobody has shown us that story? Well, I want to be a kid again. Make it happen, Hollywood. Yes. Uh, did you see this image from. Remember George Miller was trying to make a Justice League movie a long time ago in the 90s called Justice what, League Mortal? What, I, can't, I can't see this image. Where is this image? So if you click on the link from comicbookmovie.com, it's in the bottom of the article. Yeah, but you can't make it bigger. You can't embiggen no, it. No, you can't. That's, that's very fu- fuzzy. It's very... Oh, that's your problem. No, it's just a low-res image of... But here's the lineup. You got Batman, Superman, Flash, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, and then there's a Martian Manhunter and uh, Green Lantern. Yeah, but you can't see anything. No, you can't see shit. This must be the only thing that ever came out of there. Yeah, you uh, can't. I mean, it's far away enough where it looks really bad, and uh, it looks—it does not look good. Yeah, yeah. So that was my takeaway. But if you is, zoomed uh, in, maybe you could yeah. see that it was kind of cool because I think they have the pictures of Megan Gale as Wonder Woman. Oh, really? And the costume isn't that terrible. I mean, it's not like Gal Gadot's costume is fucking way better. I mean, that's what. Zack Snyder does get right is that he knows how the to costumes, costumes are great. Yeah, to uh, to his credit, the costumes are great. He knows how to light them too properly. I just look a George Miller Justice League movie like that. That would have been fucking kick ass. Like I would have loved to see how that came out. If you like, imagine Fury Road. It, it would have probably been Justice better League. than just the regular. And if even the costume sucked, it'd still probably be a better movie. Be fucking George Miller. Actually, he wouldn't use CGI. He would have had the guy in Batman actually on top of the car, and he'd be throwing him around. That's how he rolls. He likes to make real stunts. He likes to be practical. Yeah. Dude, it's fucking. It's. It would have been sick. He would have killed some people. It would have been a great move. All right, rugs. I got a little bit of a nostalgia segment here, and this is great because Anthony's out here. We could geek out about stuff that's come back from our childhood and stuff that's left from our childhood. I'm gonna start with. Have you seen? This trailer for this Cobra Kai series that's going to be on YouTube. Cobra Red. Kai. The, Cobra uh, Kai. This is the rival dojo to Miyagi-Do dojo from the original Karate Kid. I'm driving home from work yesterday, and in this strip mall, I see... After 30 years, I thought that guy might have changed, but he's still the same prick. I heard you beat up a bunch of teenagers. I didn't beat up any teenagers. I kicked the crap out of a bunch of assholes who deserved it. Thinks he could bring Cobra Kai back to the valley? Yeah. Not on my watch. You want those kids at school to keep dumping things on your head? You want all the girls to think you're a wangless dork? You're gonna be my karate teacher? No. I'm gonna be your sensei. Holy shit, 34 years later. And at first I was like, Oh my God, what are they doing? And then I watched this. You, dude, this looks actually really good. Ralph Macchio is in it. The guy that plays Sweep the Leg Johnny. 
is in it. It picks up 34 years later. And I love how Danny LaRusso is a fucking douchebag car salesman, owns a dealership. Of course. That's great. Mr. Miyagi, uh, you know, he died and he lost his way. He became a douche. Danny was a dick. And and Johnny is just a fucking washed up drunk. You want to know what this is uh, from? What? There was like some uh, YouTube thing where like someone YouTube uh, like made a video of uh, Karate Kid from like the other guy's perspective. And Danny is actually like the asshole in the movie. And you can kind of argue that. I can absolutely see how Danny he's trying can to move in on his girl. Yeah. Like, and then some guy, a grown man beats up all of his friends. And like, that's what he does in this movie. Like, yeah. in this commercial, like, uh, you know, Johnny beats up a bunch of kids. And he's like, why are you an <laughs> ass? I'm like, that's what Mr. Miyagi did, you fuck. Uh, uh. And you know what? You didn't care about it then. So. I love it. And Johnny, this is a little bit of a dick, it's too. It's ironic. Like- yeah, I love the switch of the whole thing. And he's going to be, he beats up these kids that are, this kid's getting picked. He kicks their ass. He's going to be his sensei. Uh, I, I'm going to watch this. Do you have to pay for YouTube, Brad? Well, I have to yes, pay for this. Yes, you do. God damn it. I will find a way to watch I'm gonna this. I'm going to send you the link. Okay, starts May 2nd. Oh, for the other one. Because, yes, in a way, Danny LaRusso is kind of a dick in all those movies I that I love. You can put this in the show notes. Okay. I love, I love that you they flip this it. around. It, May second, it comes out on YouTube. Red, I'm told, I'm all in on this one. I just sent you the link. I'm all in. I will put this. Hold on, I'm gonna click this. <laughs> just look at this the Karate Kid is the story of Daniel, a violent sociopath who moves to a California town and begins tormenting a local boy and his friends. The Karate Kid, Daniel, is the real bully. J. Matthew movies. I'll put that in the show notes. I gotta watch this. Watch that later because I love it. It's a great take. Uh, check out <laughs> Cobra Kai on YouTube. Okay, I got more nostalgia for you, Rugs, in right. the form of this. I don't want to grow up. Fun toys, rocket. They got a million toys and toys rocks that I can play with. I don't want to grow up. I'm a toy just kid. They got the best for so much less. You really flip your lid from bike to train to video games. It's the biggest toy store there is. She wins. Uh, did that bring back any Toys R Us memories? Yes, for I did. You, I remember Rugs. lots of different things. Toys R Us going out of business announced last week, and uh, I it brought back a lot of memories because let me tell you, as a kid, when you walk into a warehouse sized building and there are toys stacked to the fucking ceiling, Geek uh, you have no uh, excuse but to lose your fucking mind when you're a child. Yeah. Uh, amazing memories. Do what, you give go me a to Toys R Us at all? Still, these days, no. I haven't been in a Toys R Us in a long time. I go to Toys R Us at least once every two months. Do you? What do you get there? I don't get anything. I just you hang just out there and and, and, and and parents try and get me arrested. <laughs> stay, people, do people try and buy you? And you're like, hey, hands off, bud. <laughs> no, they're like, why I'm is this weirdo in here in, in the toy store? This puppet's got no kids. What is he doing? Yeah, what's he doing? No, I like to go look at the toys. I just like to know what's out there. I need, yeah. like, I just want to, I love toys. Dude, as a kid, that's where you had to go to get your Nintendo games for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Yeah, remember when you had to go to Toys R Us to get your video games? Like, you had to yes. get like, a piece of paper. Yeah, you would take the slip <laughs> and you bring it to the, and you could just, like, ride bikes in the store up and down the aisles. Yeah. And fucking try them out. Great. And then just, like, toys stacked to the ceiling. It was really sad. Uh, another weird thing that happened, the founder of Toys R Us, Charles Lazarus, 
just died at 94 days after the chain announced it was closing. Well, they, they've known about this for a while. They've been like shutting down stores all year. Yeah. Well, I found out I did because somebody at work was telling me about this. And at first I just assumed like this is the, the big box stores, obviously. You know, you're like, who, who goes to a store that just sells toys? You just have, but I need to buy deodorant and a car battery and a fishing lure at the same time. I can't do that at Toys R Us. Yeah. I can do it at Target. So part of that is the big box. And I'm like, Toys R Us, you should have been the online toy retailer. What happened? But there's all this thing about venture capital's private equity. They were holding yeah. on to $5 billion in debt. Yeah. trying. They went private and then they tried to get go back public and it didn't work. And they finally had to pull the plug. Yeah, it and, was a whole fuck up of debt that that just kept piling up. They couldn't pay it back. Yeah, it's happened to a bunch of companies. So it just uh, got it, it got basically corporately fucked. It, it with, did a slow and slow corporate fucking uh, to bankruptcy. Yeah, but I I know I saw somewhere KB Toys is trying to make a comeback and they push should, into because that because there's yeah. a whole now there's a hole. I think that the problem with Toys R Us is not that toys weren't selling. It's just that. First of all, they have the size of their warehouse is huge. Yeah, they have you don't lots really, of product. Toys R Us was doing two things, right? It had Toys R Us and Babies R Us, all right? Um, and kids they, R Us. There was a lot of redundancy in both yeah. stores. Like, they should have, like, been like, okay, let's make two smaller stores and not, like, have all this redundancy. We're like... You shouldn't. You should have just toys in Toys R Us, and then baby stuff, and you know whatever. They but, had stores inside of stores. Yeah, kind of. yeah, it was or weird. Whatever. Yeah, but like I think that there is like room for like a. a Do you think we need a, a, a toy boutique, store? Like a boutique yeah? toy store? Yeah, of course. Hmm. I think because hmm. I mean, as as a collector of toys, like I don't really go to Toys R Us to buy most of the stuff that I buy. I usually buy everything off Amazon, or I go to like a specialty store or a comic book store. Or special orderist stuff that I want, but I think that like uh, you know, it's good to have options when you're walking yeah. around. When you're a kid, you want to like look at the toys and like touch them. You don't want to just order it from a fucking uh, oh, a gift yeah. that you see it's on not screen. The same. You're right. You know, and in fact, it's hard to find uh, independent toy stores in in our neighborhood here in Lincoln Square in Chicago, right down the street. There's like an old school mom and pop independent toy store that's been there for decades, and I'm like, how the fuck are these people uh, paying the rent? Every month selling toys, and I went in like one Christmas season. It was it was a lot of fun. There was a shitload of people in there. I was like, wow, this place is crazy. They have everything. I forgot how much fun it is to go into a toy store. Well, kids have birthdays. Yeah, there's uh, you know, you you bribe kids with toys. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. shut the fuck up. Or I'll get you. I'll get you, He Man. <laughs> Old Jeffrey the giraffe is uh retired. Yeah, He's but it's sad because to- like you know like. They still have bookstores. And remember when they, where all the bookstores were clo- closing down? There's a and, lot less bookstores. There's a lot less comic there, bookstores. Well, well, I'm just like, even like before, there was like B. Dalton Books and. Right. There was B. The- Dalton Bookseller and uh, uh, Borders and Barnes and Noble. And what was that one that was in the airports? That one's gone yeah, too. Yeah, they had all of those. Now it's just Barnes yeah. and Nobles and select places. And that's it. And those places are like, people go there for the coffee, you know. Welcome to Costco. I love you. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. That's what's going to be. Uh, see you later. Toys R Us. I have fond memories. There's still of- a toy section at Walmart. And yeah, but it's Tor- not the Target. same. It's not the same. It's not. It's not the same. You know what happens when you go to Walmart to like buy toys? Yeah. Like you can only find Michelangelo and none of the other Ninja Turtles. They always have like that one. That's right. Of, uh, of like a thousand of <laughs> one fucking. Yes. And what about the other guys? They don't have like all the guys there. And it's the one that you don't need. Yes, that you have. I hate that. 
I hate that. Why is there 14 cyborgs here? I just want a Batman. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, that's what Nobody happens. Nobody wants cyborg. <laughs> feel bad for cyborg. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. The story of my family is one of triumph and sacrifice. How he led a revolution against tyranny. And now it falls on my shoulders to save my world. Someone from the future is coming to destroy Krypton. Because where I'm from, your grandson becomes the greatest hero of the universe. The story of my family isn't about how we die. It's about how we lived. Speaking of uh, DC heroes, Sci-Fi just aired the pilot of this new show called Krypton. And we are going to review it right now for you. Spoilers. Spoiler alert. If you haven't seen it. But before we get to the spoilers, I recommend going to watch it. Because Rugs, opening thoughts. I got to say, I was, this was surprisingly good. So you like this. I was a lot better than what I thought I was going to get. I thought I was going to get a Gotham mess. And instead, I got like I got like a Game of Thrones esque political show with a lot to to dig into. I was actually really impressed. I was like, "This is pretty good. I liked it." What did you think? Uh, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> there's parts of it that are cool. There's parts of it that are not cool. It tries to be a show that looks like it's really big budget, but it's not. Um, there because they have like some good like cutaways. With CG and there's some good kind of world building, you know. The world have, building is good. The sets, I think, look really yeah, good. Yeah, they have some certain sets that look okay. But then you, as soon as you see a group of people, then you, it all breaks down. Because, like, all of their costuming is, like, why are they dressed like, I don't know. They're dressed like I in, like, leather jacket. I knew you were going to have a problem with the costuming. It yep. didn't bother me. Let's break down. Let's set up the series. The whole show starts 200 years before the birth of Superman. On a thriving Krypton, but they all live in like bubble cities because the planet's all fucked up. And so it's the city of Kandor and the main character is Seg L, which is Clark, Cal L's grandfather. That's right. And I guess they live like his son will live like 173 years. So they live longer than humans, obviously. So there's the 200 year gap. Uh, but the series starts with the house of L getting their 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 crest ripped from their family. They become rankless and it's a whole it's the crypt, this Kandor is a whole society of ranks and uh the I, the I like the stuff they pulled from Man of Steel like cuz it's Goyer who wrote on Man of Steel. He had this idea to make the show and you you get a little bit of that from the beginning of that movie, The Krypton, you get a little bit of that in this movie. You got the same shards with the House of LS on it and you have the same thing where they everyone's is predisposed Picked what their job is. No choice. Everything's decided for you. I love all that stuff, Rex. I love all that kind of uh, stuff it to play with. It seems pretty cool. Story. I'm like, I'm withholding, like, judging it v really harshly until I see a few more episodes. I, I mean, I'm going to tentatively watch the next two or three and see what happens because there's a lot to, like, unpack. There uh, is. Uh, yeah, you got to give it three episodes. But they in this one episode, I thought it was a solid setup, solid pilot, great world building. So then we get into the real gimmick of the show. Which I don't like. Okay, the real gimmick of the show is Adam Strange, a, a DC comic book character, comes uh, back to the past. 
Uh, and he's dressed in just like a hoodie and a, and a hat because Adam Strange, if you don't know, you know what he looks like in the comic books, Ruggs? He's got like a jetpack. Yeah, he has like, like a, a pointy a, helmet. Yeah, he's like one of those rocketeer dudes. Yeah, he's got like a red, a white X over a red bodysuit. Well, this is just some dude. Looks like it comes to 2018. He finds Segel and he's like, yo, in the future, Superman is going to disappear. You need to save Krypton. Brainiac is coming. He's destroying worlds. And that in the future jeopardizes the safety of your grandson, Superman. He has Superman's cape and they give the whole series a fucking back to the future plot device. I just love that they're running in fear from something called Brainiac. Brainiac, in the sense that this cape is... they call it something else? This cape is slowly disappearing in time. It's dissolving. And that is their hourglass for how long they have before Superman completely disappears from existence. So this is the driving motivation for this series 200 years before Superman is born. But you know what? I kind of dig all of it. I really, I love Segel. He's like a fucking, he's kind of like a Harrison Ford Han Solo character, like uh, a, a wild card, does his own thing and snarky and uh, doesn't listen to authority. And It's got th- potential for, he's like, he's got potential for yeah. being a lead in the show. You got a lot of like uh, cross romance between uh, the, the classes. You got the Zod family. Like you, you get to meet the early Zod family and you see how the L family and the Zod family have a rival where it starts. Uh, lots of good stuff, dude. And even the, the girl who played the military Zod woman, she was an Amazon and Wonder Woman. I, has great female characters. That, that was great. This is Brainiac's first live action depiction since he was created in 1958. It's the first time. He, and what did you think of how he looked? I thought he looked pretty good. I thought it was, it was sufficiently... Uh, ominous and and uh, yeah, he looked ominous. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what I thought of uh, this uh, whole thing was it's the first episode. Uh, I as soon as um, Adam Strange walked onto the thing, I was like, oh, this is going in a bad direction. I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is going to be Cheezola, and um, it's going to take away from the intrigue of. I mean, I, I didn't think I was going to be interested in Kryptonian politics, but right. I, I, I yeah. got sucked in yeah, me too. in the first half hour. Then all of a sudden, this kind of like throws it on its side and makes it about Superman, which is like irrelevant because he's not going to be on the show. You know, that's kind of a good point. You got two things going on now, and one is a little more compelling than the other. I don't know. It's just weird to the, now put this kind of like perilous situation. They're already in peril. They're going to fucking explode. Like, why do we need to put another peril that has nothing to do with the story that now fucks with the timeline? That, it's and, like, and, and it's, it's, but weird. it's way, be- here's the thing. It's way before the planet explodes. So you got to have yeah, another but, but like danger. now the guy has like an advanced knowledge of Superman and it doesn't, it, it, it takes away some of the fucking, the wonder behind Superman. Like they had like an inclination that he was going to be this thing, but now they know for a fact that he's, well, and, but strange even does say like, I can't, I can't tell you everything. Because it'll affect things. But I kind of like finding out why, like, Kal-El's family has become this, like, moral, do-gooding family. Like, where did that come from? I love the history of that. Uh, I love, so, I, we, the the people running Kandor are like a religious group. And they, they follow the voice of Rao. And uh, Segel's grandfather didn't want to submit. And that's why they banished him. That's why they got their crest ripped away. And then there is a terrorist faction called Black Zero that wants to attack the, the the religious sect running things and they have a military. So there's lots of great dynamic there to play with. 
Yeah, but David Goyer wrote this. That's the problem. And I think there's <laughs> a huge problem with he that. He came up with it, and uh, he said there was a piece afterwards where he talked about a lot of his ideas for Man of Steel. Like how the oh, and we see the original Fortress of Solitude. I thought that was kind of cool, and it, and like his designs he came up with during Man of Steel. They used a lot of that in this now. Well, they're using it in Supergirl. Yeah, they're yeah. using fucking the Fortress of Solitude in everybody's fucking shows. It's it's I don't know. I feel like that they're going to the well, like of like blaze your own path. Let's go. Like you have Krypton. Krypton. Let's fucking establish some shit. Like you know, I think that. Um, the Fortress of Solitude being a part of Krypton, it's cool as representation on Earth. It doesn't make sense to be having a Fortress of Solitude in Krypton. Well, there was an original one, and then he built another one based you on buy the original that? You're buying that? Yeah. All right. Why not? Okay. Look, here's what I love about this, is <laughs> the fact that they they put it so far in the past that they don't really have to worry about any continuity with any of the other shows or movies. They can kind of rewrite Superman's history because this really story has never been told. About the planet of Krypton this well, this far back. Superman doesn't know about this. No, he doesn't. And I know John Byrne had a series called World of Krypton, but I think largely no one's ever thought about what was Krypton like when it was thriving, like way before it blew up. What was going on with it? two generations of him? And they can also, with this time travel, they can pull any character they want from the DC universe. Uh, I don't will. like that either. That's a little bit of a crutch there, maybe. I don't know. I, I just... so, so yeah, the, the thing is, Brainiac's coming. He's going to consume Krypton and move on. They Segal's got to convince the leaders. It's like to I stop feel him. like we're going to make a movie about ancient Rome, uh, and we're going to put the Rock in it, <laughs> and he's going to play like uh, the guy from the Fast and the Furious for some reason. Like it just like doesn't go. It just I don't know. It's like it doesn't. It's, I don't know. It's, I don't, that, that's a horrible analogy, but like whatever. Yeah, I have no idea what that means. But I will say I was pleasantly surprised. Well, like we're going to do a story about. Like the like uh, the Revolutionary War, and then we're gonna have Captain America show up. It's just like it doesn't uh... mixing characters and times. Uh, look, I, I, I was hesitant of this show, and I didn't think it didn't make sense to me. But well, I said that you gotta, I gotta give it three episodes. Three episodes. I really, I, I really enjoyed it. Turns out there's a lot. There's a lot to mine. There's a lot of things I'm suddenly interested in. Like I love the his bartender buddy and him have a great relationship. I want to learn more about the Zod family. Seg is in love with the girl whose mom, spoiler, spoiler killed alert. his parents in front of him. Like that's gonna fuck things up. That was that was amazing. What a great twist. Yeah, that that does definitely gives it some pathos. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, check it out if we haven't Look, spoiled I was, it. I was thinking it's going to be complete dog shit, and it so wasn't. did I. It wasn't complete no dog shit. No, it was. It wasn't. It, it's it's interesting. I, I'm my interest is peaked. I am kind of curious about it. I do have some things I don't like. I don't like them mixing it this early on in the show. Everything being mixed in, like yeah. I think that they should have let that breathe a little bit and and let me like get tied into that before. Fucking, we have Brainiac and fucking Adam Strange. Well, you know. Well, look, they had to. They had to shove the Superman, hard Superman reference in the first episode. Uh, maybe they'll, you know, it'll fade to the background a little bit and then slowly come back. But like the pilot, you gotta hook people. You gotta be like, oh yeah, that's the suit. Look, I got his cape. This Superman. But you're gonna make people think that Superman's gonna be in the show and he's not. No, I think it's clear he's never gonna be in the show. But I think it's clear Adam, we are Adam Strange can get there. That then is, Superman, why didn't just Superman just get, come then? Yeah, it's a good point. <laughs> you just turned me around on that. 
It's no, just when you have something that's that like, like I could just go to Krypton and go back in time into well, another we, fucking universe. You know, I was wondering how would Superman strange... to figure out how to do that. Like, would a figure uh, he wouldn't he fucking do maybe everything he could to go back maybe, in time and see his family? Maybe he's busy fighting Brainiac. I was wondering, like, where does because he Adam Strange seemed to just disappear and then appear. I'm like, where is he? Like, where is he living? Like, how is he there? Uh, and how long? Maybe he he leaves and no, doesn't come back. I don't. I don't know. Just, I'm in though, dude. I, honestly, I love the sets. I thought the 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 art direction looked great. I like the costumes. I think it works. I like all the art design. Like, uh, it would uh, be cooler. What Krypton would have been much cooler is if they had like let's say you were gonna let, let's say we start out in Metropolis. Yeah. And Superman's like, hey man, I would like to see my parents. And, let, and he goes and taps the flash on the shoulder and go, can you make like a fucking go back in time and throughout the space <laughs> of time? So I can go to Krypton for like and just see what it's like. And he goes in and like just he ends up unfortunately way way earlier than he was supposed to come and he see, meets his grandfather. And then you know what happens? He causes Krypton to not explode. He doesn't exist. No, Boom, he's not. Superman he, 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 has no pow- he has no powers there. He's it's just a, a dude. Paradox. He can't do anything. He would be like Adam Strange. Yeah. And then eventually he would come back. The show does start with him talking to Kal-El, like whoever the voiceover, he's talking to Kal-El. He's like, let me tell you about your grandfather or something. Right. They all have British accents. I don't know. I think it works. I like it. Well, now that they know about Kal-El, they even know what to name him. So they're now they're talking to him directly. Only Seg-El knows though. (laughs) Only Seg-El knows. Right. The one guy. Yeah. Well, he's the grandfather. He's going to be making that speech. But to think this guy who like, uh, who's a hustler and gets beat up, uh, is going to be Superman's grandfather and start like he thinks he's the last of the L family when in fact he is the beginning of a greater L family. I like that. I like I want to no, see that's how cool, that, that redemption out. story. I think yeah. it's good. I just am perplexed. Why did it make such a, like a ham fisted, not elegant story? With char- <laughs> not even using a character that nobody cares about. You yeah, can easily take Hal-El, put the, put him on Krypton and then everybody knows that he's Superman, but he can't be Superman. So you get, you don't have to do any of the effects, any of the suit stuff. That's true. And, and he, he could just be whatever. You could have sent Cal all back. Yeah. Hmm. I just wrote a better Krypton. Thank you. And uh, checks right. in the mail. Send that. Yeah. Get out of that uh, sci-fi. Okie dokie. Look, sci- look, sci-fi as a channel, they've been giving us some pretty good hard-hitting shit. Uh, they swore in this show. Uh, they just we, uh, happy came out and that was a fucking crazy show and they are now there's a trailer for their next series called Night Flyers which is an adaptation of George R. R. Martin's uh book Night Flyers did you see that trailer for Night Flyers yeah it looks like uh you know like uh uh Event Horizon or some other book yeah or like aliens he describes it as psycho in space it's like a space horror uh, and based off uh, George, uh, George Martin's work, are you interested in watching this? This looks kind of interesting. It's 10 episodes. I might. I'm not like a huge horror fan. Yeah. Like, but uh, I might check it out. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's George. If it's anything, if it's I mean, even a I really bit... do love sci-fi so much, but like, yeah. if I feel like I could, like, it's not going to surprise me at all, then I don't, I don't bother with it. I think they're giving us some good shit. I think they're slowly uh, starting to make some quality product. And if this has even a little bit of creative Game of Thrones juice that he that 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 George has. It looks uh, like it's going to be very high quality. So yeah, yeah. it's right worth on. checking out. We'll see what happens when it Night comes out. Nightflyers starts soon. And then uh, before we get to the feedback, wrap the show up. Rugs. Yeah. 
You saw the Pacific Rim last night, didn't you? I did. Oh, shit. First of all, when do you go to movies on the Thursday night before the release date? What's going on? You always complain. You're always like, yeah, I, get, I gotta go after the weekend. I'm gonna go on the Monday. Well, I discovered that, first of all, I fir- that this movie was out on a Thursday, and I didn't even know it was out. They were well, doing all st- movies come out on Thursdays now. I didn't know that. All right. But yeah. uh, I was like, okay, well... There's not really like a huge uh, hype around this movie, so I, I I'm pretty sure that if I go, it w- there will, it won't be like packed. And how is attendance? It was like not that many people. <laughs> All right, well let's do it's this. Like, I would say about half full. Yeah. Okay. All right. Give us a give us a quick spoiler free rug down review. Here's your rug down. Here's the rug down. On a scale of one to ten, I probably I don't know, I'm I'm kind of like dancing around like a six, maybe. Okay, middle of the road there. Yeah. Um maybe a six point five. I did have fun and I, I did I was entertained, but like I was just like it's one of those things where Guillermo del Toro's movie, uh it's funny because the first time I ever saw the first Pacific Rim, I was kinda disappointed when I saw it. And yeah. then I was like, man, like I thought, I thought it was gonna be so. Then I saw it again. Then I saw it again, and I just kept on like, going, this movie's fucking awesome. I can't believe I didn't see how great this movie was, and it it is great because um, the way that he directs the action and the way he gives weight to these these Jaegers and the way that just the savagery of the fights, um, even though yeah, it's underwater a lot of time and it's obscured by rain and it's dark. It's very dark in a lot of those so shots. There's so many stylistically great things yeah. that happen, and it's kind of like very iconic. That's the way I could put it. It's iconic. Yeah. Like you, I remember the choreography to every fight because it moves in a, in a way that it's like it's almost like a you could just memorize it like good fight choreography. This particular Pacific Rim Uprising. Which is not Guillermo del Toro. It's Steven Estenite. Yes, it doesn't have that same panache. No panache on this yeah. on uprising. Oh, yes, okay. it doesn't have the same kind of like, you know. I mean, Pacific Rim almost was like an actual like real movie, uh, it, even though it had paper thin characters and you know kind of like nonsensical acting and in, in, in parts. It still tried to be like a good movie. Uh, this was kind of like a very uh, by the numbers. Um, let's make a big movie. Let's make yeah. a big action movie. Let's like not make it too complicated. Let's uh, not really delve into anything. Let's everything's on the surface, and uh, the the fight see- scenes. Some of them are actually pretty good, but there's a lot less kaiju than you'd expect <laughs> expect in this movie. Oh, really? And I think that just they could have um. If they would have, like, it's a really short movie, right? Okay, okay. And what they chose to do is basically hit you with, like, everything in the kitchen sink at the end of the movie, and they have a couple of fight scenes throughout the movie. So I feel like they could have, like, spread it out a little bit more and spent more time, like, kind of getting into the mechanics of the fight, a little like Guillermo del Toro did. Right, right. But what they do now, it's like a battle royale, and you it's hard to... You ever watch a fucking... 
Remember you used to watch a battle royale? You couldn't tell what the fuck was going on? No, there's 20 dudes in the fucking cage, and you don't know who's hitting who and who's teaming up with who. Yeah, so it was a, a lot mess. of... There was, uh, it was a cacophony. It was, was just it, like... It sounds like it was made for the global market, maybe. Yeah, this is definitely... Like, if I was 11, yeah. this would be my fucking jam. Okay. All right? Okay, okay. Um, so they just went for the 12-year-olds. Yeah, mm-hmm. and speaking of 12-year-olds, they're, yes. the, the, the stars of this movie are... Twelve-year-olds are they? Yeah, it's not like in a, in a specific. Oh, there's a bunch a, of kids in there. Yeah, yeah they're the Who pilots. Kids? So it's like, oh, I don't know. That's kind of a spoiler. But like, anyway, okay. um, spoilers. I mean, you see it. You see it in the trailers. Yeah, so it's you see like, those kids. Yeah, so it's like, it's kind of like uh, a lot of the adult stuff. A lot of the stuff with weight is like kind of like not there. Anyway, so the movie, it's entertaining. Um. The fight scenes move a little too fast for me. They're a little too... I mean, somebody likened it to, like, it's like watching a real-life Ultraman. Oh. Or a real-life, like, uh, Godzilla versus Megalon or, or something. Gundam. Somebody said Gundam. It's yeah, like a Gundam. Gundam. Yeah. It could be it, where yeah. everything's moving laser fast. Right. Pacific Rim, they didn't move that fast. They moved fast enough to yeah. be entertaining. Yeah. And that's what you need. So I feel like that it was a little bit of a misstep, but I think mm. that it's not a complete waste of time. I think that there's still entertainment to be gained from watching it. Should Guillermo come back for the next movie? If he would, I'd fucking be so psyched. Because, <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, like, this could happen. Like, I know that there was this projections for this movie was going to be a complete failure or something. Yeah, yeah, they did not. I have don't a think lot it's going to be. This. I think that the fucking the global market's going to like this movie. It'll probably be huge in China. It'll. It's definitely tailored for that. How many it's Chinese people in this movie? A lot. I mean, not a lot, but like <laughs> oh, not a lot. But there's like a whole. There's a, there's a a big Chinese corporation that's involved, and there's a bunch of actors there. Um, and I think the Shatter Dome is in China, so it's like it, they're 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 skewing it towards that. Um. I believe it costs a hundred and fifty-five million dollars to make, and I'm wondering, which is cheaper, I think, than the last one. What? Yeah, it's cheaper than the last one. Uh, it and it has more action have... than the last one. Oh, it, really? This has more action in it, I think. Yeah. It's just I don't know if it's more, but there's just more things going on in this. Yeah. Uh, because you got like all the new, like the new the new Jaegers are cool, I guess. I mean, they're not as bad looking as I thought they were going to be, but. I don't know. We'll, when you see it, if you ever do see it, when we do a full spoiler review, we'll talk about it in depth. But the the those things were not as big of a letdown as I thought they were. There was just how they used what they what they had. Hmm. It's kind of like the Justice League thing. They had all everything there. They just didn't use it properly. Oh, I see. I mean, it's gonna beat uh, Black Panther at the box office. So that's interesting that this. I'm is hoping the movie. that it makes like. Not Tomb Raider. Like, this movie is the I'm, one that, that knocks it off. I'm hoping that it makes like $30 million. Oh, opening weekend? Yeah. Yeah, they haven't projected it a lot. So, should we even, should I bother to see, should we do a full, full review? I'm like, I don't know if I, I want to mean, see this. I mean, if you really want, if, if, I went to go see I'll it. Ask I, yeah, I know he likes I went to movies. go see it because I was really excited to see it because yeah. I knew it was going to be probably a bad movie, but like, I I love what Guillermo de Toros did so much. I just want to know what, the, what was going to happen to his idea. Yeah, yeah. And after this movie was over, I was like, you know what? I'm like, maybe not have been the best movie, but I could still see little kids loving this movie and wanting to 
keep this thing going, like keep this franchise going. There's a lot of toys to be sold, and that's what the movie kind of looks like is giant toys fighting. So yeah, that's exactly what it is. You know they're gonna sell some toys. So I don't I don't know. Maybe we'll see this movie and do a full review. Uh questionable at the moment. There's a lot of shit out there that I want to watch and review anyways. And uh, but I know Anthony loves the Pacific Rim, so uh, we'll probably. I think he's gonna up. probably see it regardless. Yeah, we'll probably end up doing it. All right, well, good. That's a good uh, early preview review of uh, that. Thanks for, thanks for giving us your thoughts, Rugs. Uh, hopefully, I think a lot of other people. Hey man, uh, if you guys liked like it, it more than me, you know, let me know. Like, you know, send Imran a, uh, a letter or something. I don't know what you send do. me a letter in the mail, not electronically. Yeah, do it on the Facebook group or whatever. Send them. A, what do you call that? Post something. Uh, po- what? Write po- a post. Post. Post it on the Facebook group, or send Do us a an email. Put a little posty thingy. Put a little white posty thingy on your computer. I will read it. I'll see it somehow. All right, All right. we got some feedback, and then we're gonna wrap up the show. Yeah, do this. Whatever this is. Yes. What are you doing? Whatever Feed- this is. Feedbacking. Feedback. Do this. Matt Miller. Writes from the Facebook group. You guys need to do more of the what the fuck with mad segments. Those are amazingly funny. Listening to you guys just blow holes through all the shoddy writing in these movies. I laugh so hard and go, oh yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Matt, I'm glad you enjoy the what the fuck happens. We have eight of them, but they are draining for Matt to sit through and do all the research and actually go through the shitty movies. So that's why we're on a quarterly schedule. Rugs, I will argue too much of a good thing makes it not good anymore sometimes. Yeah, keep them wanting more. It's better. Always keep them wanting more. Now, man, if you want more, sign up to our fan club on Patreon. Maybe we'll throw a couple of bonus what the fucks on the Patreon feed. And uh, you'll get to check that out. I like that idea. Uh, Jimmy the Geek writes in. He says, appreciate the shout out in the post show from last week. Loved your takes on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Any thoughts on Gotham? So terrible, but we must keep watching. I'm not watching that anymore. You're not watching it? Okay, we'll talk about it later. Uh, He says, just completed my MCU binge through 18 movies. Really fun to watch them all in sequence, and it really tells an awesome story. Just for fun, here's my ranking. He sends his ranking. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I will read, though, from Black Panther up to number one. All right. All right? So he has Black Panther at number seven. Mm -hmm. Number six, Ant-Man. Number five, Guardians of the Galaxy. Number four, Winter Soldier. Number three, Civil War. Number two, Iron Man. Number one, Avengers. Geek Boner. Interesting. Top seven. My Winter Soldier's at the top of mine. Yes, we will. He says, would love to hear you guys do a quick rundown before Infinity War. Congrats on the three-year mark. Again, Jimmy the Geek. Uh, Look, we're going to do our ranking the MCU movies again. We did it in 2015. Now there's like four, six more movies out. So I don't know when do we I would do it either before Infinity War or after we'll do a whole show because I can't like I really have to sit down and think about this. In fact, I think I have to rewatch some of these movies. Maybe I think that's a good idea. I should rewatch like some, some of the top tier and bottom tier movies. I may have to rewatch them so I can remember like when's the last time you saw Thor. That's the thing. I need to see the Thors, the Iron Mans. I kind of vague on a little bit. Uh, and then like. I just want to watch Civil War and Winter Soldier again. Yeah, I only saw Iron Man three once, and that yeah. was because of that whole so, like. I was so mad about that fucking the Mandarin being fucking <laughs> Ben Kingsley. Yes, that was very off-putting. The fuck the you. That was like a big fuck you. They kind of wasted the Mandarin yeah. and a great actor, Ben fucking Kingsley Gandhi. You did this to Gandhi, the Mahatma. How dare you? Well, oh god, oh god. Gandhi would uh, just be peaceful about it. Yes, just Gandhi. Just eat some food. You'll be fine. 
Uh, so, Jimmy the Geek, keep an eye out. We'll do the, our full review show. I just, I got to put more thought. I can't just spit out my top because really it changes like every day. <laughs> my mind changes. So, depends where it lands. Uh, that's it for this show. Listener Rugs, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter. Uh, on, on, on the toilet? Did you say you can find, me, find the, me on the toilet? You can find me on Twitter where I will be on the toilet. I think Ruggs has to go to the bathroom, so it's a, good, it's a good thing we're ending here. You're segueing before uh, something <laughs> happens. At Really Rugboy. At Really Rugboy. On Twitter. If you want a free month of Stitcher Premium, just visit stitcher.com slash premium. Use the promo code NERD. That'll get you a free month just for you, listener. Also, check out our shop. But get yourself a Rugboy t-shirt jockandnerd.com slash shop and tell a friend spread this empire of stupidity and you will be our friends forever thanks for listening to the jock and nerd podcast my name is imran my name's not anthony that's not the jock and he's still the nerd we'll catch you next time and rug boy has to use the toilet Rugs, did you shark can you hold it in no i'm good I was, I, I was on the precipice what level is it on the Bristol Myers shit? Is it like a seven It's not a code five? brown yet. It's like a... We're almost there. All right, you're doing good. How long is this song? Jogging nerd. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it. Uh, I'll be right back.